This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, Crohn's and ulcerative colitis are chronic incurable inflammatory diseases collectively known as inflammatory bowel disease. Crohn's and Colitis New Zealand Charitable Trust is there to help New Zealanders with this condition and to help raise awareness of its impacts and how we can do something to raise awareness and help people that we might know as well. On the line to have a discussion around this now from the Crohn's and Colitis New Zealand Charitable Trust, Belinda Brown, Operational Manager, and Dr Richard Stein, uh, who's uh, Chair of the Trust. Thanks both of you for joining us here on Otago Access Radio to talk about this important issue. We might uh, start with you, uh, Richard, and and gain some understanding uh, of Crohn's and colitis and, and how they present in people because there are over 20,000 New Zealanders with these conditions. Okay, well, I should start by saying that inflammatory bowel disease is different from irritable bowel syndrome. Um, we call Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis inflammatory bowel disease because the lining of the bowels, the large intestine and often the small intestine get inflamed. They get red, they get ulcerated, the the lining bleeds. Um, um, it's not something that you would typically like to see if you're doing a colonoscopy. Um, but as a result of this severe inflammation, and I should say that we don't know what causes this, it seems to be a combination of genetic factors and possibly something in the environment. But as a result of the inflammation, people get terrible symptoms, uh, primarily diarrhea, chronic abdominal pain. Um, And uh, as you said, unfortunately, the diseases are not curable. They're treatable. Um, We have uh, rather potent immunosuppressive medications, medicines that suppress the immune system that can often and hopefully get people into remission But unfortunately, that's not always the case. Uh, Many of the people that have these diseases have terrible symptoms, uh, severe diarrhea, and as I say, bloody diarrhea and bad abdominal pain. And those symptoms are concerning, of course. Uh, But as New Zealanders, we're sometimes a little bit reluctant to talk about things going on down there. I guess it's uh, very important that if we present with any of those symptoms, we're talking with our GPs straight away. Yeah, and absolutely. Maybe maybe you should ask Belinda that as a as a patient. But, you know, as a doctor, I know people are very reluctant to talk about these symptoms to, to um, their friends, their families. Belinda, let's bring you in. Um, uh, Richard has, has indicated that uh, that you're someone who has dealt with this. Um, tell us y- y- as much of your story as you as you feel you can. Um, so, I mean, if you'd asked me ten years ago if I would be open to talking about my disease, I would have said no. Um, obviously, Crohn's and Colitis New Zealand, and um, being a volunteer for them has um, put me in a different place where I'm actually okay um, to talk about it now. It's not something you want to talk to your friends about. It is embarrassing and humiliating at times, especially when you're having accidents in public. Um, unfortunately, um, I, the, the, my time of diagnosis, I'd gone a number of years undiagnosed, um, just purely because I had other symptoms that sort of 
presented as other other things that might be going on, particularly in females. And um, yeah, I ended up having to have bowel surgery um, literally as I was being diagnosed. Um, and I've since gone back and had more um, bowel taken out of out of me. So I've just had just over sixty centimeters of my small bowel removed, and a portion of my large bowel. So um, at this stage, I live without an ostomy bag, but I know that that could be a, a real option for me in the future as well. So, yeah, Richard, let's talk a little bit more about um, how typically uh, these conditions are managed, and. Uh, and you could perhaps explain uh, the ostomy bag and, and what use that serves. Okay. Um, you know, we, as I said before, we treat the Medicaid. Uh, we treat with medications uh, when they work. Uh, these medications suppress the immune system, which is responsible for causing inflammation in the body. Um, unfortunately, when you suppress the immune system, there are other effects. Uh, primarily, people are going to be more prone to getting infections. But when the medications work, it's great. Um, We can get people into remission, but unfortunately, the diseases uh, are not curable. Often people will have flares even when they're on the medications. And also, unfortunately, a lot of people, after they've been on the medications for even sometimes a a year, sometimes uh, just a few years, the medicines can lose effectiveness because the body makes antibodies against the drugs themselves so that they stop working. And when this happens, a lot of times, as in Belinda's case, we have no other option than to recommend surgery. Um, the surgery, particularly for Crohn's disease, is not, does not cure the disease. You can cut out the inflamed portion of the bowel, and sometimes that gives people uh, relief for a while, but Virtually 100% of the time with Crohn's disease, the disease comes back in a different place. One of the ways that we do have to kind of quiet the disease down is to divert the stool away from, say, the colon to let the colon heal because um, it it seems that if you do divert the stool um, and you put the colon at rest, a lot of times uh, the symptoms will go away and, you know, the, the hope is that you can eventually reattach the, the bowel and then take the bag down. For some people, though, that isn't an option. Uh, for instance, if the rectum is severely involved, you know, the very bottom of the colon, um, there's nothing to, there's nothing left to hook you back up together. And people are often left with uh, permanent bags um, and, you know, while the option of an ostomy bag, you know, might sound um, drastic to a lot of people, uh, having an ostomy bag actually improves their lives tremendously. People will often say having an ostomy bag saved their life um, or at least gave them back, um, gave them back their, their life uh, so that they could live uh, uh, more or less normally. Um, we obviously like to avoid surgery and do everything we can to avoid surgery and particularly to avoid people having to end up with a permanent ostomy bag, um, which leads me to another topic that the medications that are available in New Zealand, unfortunately, um, 
are not what's offered in most other OECD countries, you know, countries that economically are in the same par as New Zealand. Um, you know, funding for medications to treat Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis is severely lacking in New Zealand. Um, we haven't had any new medications available for these patients for over 10 years. Um, while new medications um, that can work when the medications that we have funded uh, don't work, um, you know, they're available in Australia and Canada and the States and France. Um, I could go on and on. In 38 other countries uh, across the Western world, they're funded, but not here in, in New Zealand. And organizations working very hard to try and get funding. And that, I guess, is one of the key missions of the trust. Um, Belinda, uh, we've heard that this is a significant condition for many New Zealanders. Mm -hmm. We've heard that it isn't necessarily all that easy to diagnose straight away, and at least in your particular case. Uh, and um, tell us a little bit more about the mission of the Trust and what you're doing at the moment to um, bring this subject uh, higher up the ladder, as it were. <laughs> so um, our mission of our trust is to make the lives of patients and all those affected with uh, by IBD, so that's their, their whanau, their, their wider um, circles, and to make their lives more livable. Um, so uh, we, um, obviously our junior ambassador, Nicole um, Thornton, took a petition to Parliament to... Um, to ask for toilet access um, when there's uh, of businesses when there's no uh, public toilets or facilities available, um, and so that went to Parliament. Um, Richard might be able to fill you in about the House Select Committee meeting that went on there because he was actually present. So I don't know if Richard would like to chime in. Yeah, um, you know, Nicole. I didn't. I didn't. Couldn't hear you very well, uh, Belinda. But uh, Nicole Thornton, when she was 12 years old, put forward a petition to Parliament to ask for a bill to actually mandate that uh, businesses with more than a few employees make their employee toilets available to people with these uh, diseases if there's no public toilet available. And that's a big if. If there's no public toilet available. And the purpose of the petition was to give people back quality of life. Um, I have so many patients that literally are afraid to leave home because they're afraid of having an accident in public. Um, we uh, did a survey, and the majority of people who answered our survey have been refused toilets in businesses uh, when there was an absolute emergency. Um, over 75% of people have had accidents in public. Um, and it obviously is enough to make people afraid to leave home. The petition went pretty far, it went to the Health Select Committee. Uh, Nicole, when she was 12 years old, actually testified and did a wonderful job. But unfortunately, there was pushback by the business community, by the Ministry of Business, Innovation, and Employers. Um, who didn't want more regulations. Um, and instead, what the Health Select Committee recommended to the government was that through 
a campaign of education um, that businesses voluntarily open their facilities to people that need them in an emergent situation. And that's, um, that's, and that's where... The, yeah, yep. Sorry, that's led to the I Can't Wait uh, yeah. campaign and program that's out at the moment. And yes. uh, and Belinda, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about how that campaign is, is going and yep. how those who want to support it and those businesses and venue operators who want to be part of it can find out more. Okay, so it's been growing great. Um, we've actually had three major... Um, City councils already have launches in the area. Obviously, it was kicked off by um, Hutt, uh, or Lower Hutt um, City Council um, back in December. And then we moved on to have a launch in Dunedin um, that was endorsed by the City Council there and also um, an Upper Hutt Um And we've also been working with the Chamber of Commerce in these areas as well to promote um, the stickers. So all the campaigners is that we have a card that anyone with a medical condition can apply for. Um, you don't have to have Crohn's or colitis. All we ask is that you fill out an application form. It needs to be signed by your doctor um, and stamped by your doctor um, and sent back to us. And we'll send you out a card free of free of charge. It's, it's no cost at all. Um, that form is available on our website um, or you can email me, which I'll give the information later on, um, but you can email me to get any information. Um, the stickers um, go on the window um, of the um, business, um, just stating we've got them uh, produced in English and in Tereo and it just basically says we support, it's the size of maybe two business cards. It just says we support um, the I Can't Wait campaign and their card users here. Um, and it just allows um, people to feel that they can come in and use the facilities. I mean, even cafes, a lot of patients feel that they can't go in and use the facilities um, without having to buy something or, you know, um, they don't feel comfortable going in there just to use the toilet. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we're trying to get as many places on board. And I think, you know, there are a lot of um, council buildings that you don't necessarily know that there are toilets there, such as libraries and things like that. They're not always well signposted. So we're trying to get people to, to recognise this. Um, we've had um, three other councils um, that have... Uh, agreed to um, promote um, the I Can't Wait campaign as well, and that is the Grey District Council, Hawke's Bay Regional Council, and the New Plymouth District Council. Um, we've also had several other councils interested, um, four that we're in major talks with at the moment, which is the Christchurch City Council, Huronui District Council, Nelson City Council, and Tauranga City Council. We've also begun talks with major retailers, um, and we've also had um, I've been in contact with a, a few event organisers because, you know, we all know we go to these events, concerts and the like, and the toilets, um, quite often there's quite a large queue to use the port um, So we've been um, talking to them about educating their security staff about allowing us to use the disabled facilities in those cases. Um, so, yeah, so we've been in great talks with them. We've had over 100 businesses sign up so far. So it's 
really simple. All I need is someone is the business's postal address, their physical address. We put them on our website. We promote them on our social media pages that they've signed up. Um, and yeah, and they just email me at info info at cronesandcolitis.org.nz and I'll send all that stuff out to them free of charge. Belinda, I guess it, it, it's important that for any business or entity that, that jumps on board the I Can't Wait program that they take the time to make sure that all the staff involved uh, understand yes. something. So you've got some support material that um, is in plain language that people can get their heads around? We do indeed. So each pack um, has a has a thank you to the retailer, um, thanking them for joining the campaign. Um, but we also send out two education sheets with every pack, um, and and those education sheets are for your staff. So basically, it explains that when someone comes and puts this card, as as a patient myself, it's a huge thing for you to actually present that card you you've generally got to be in quite dire need to do it and because it's inc- incredibly embarrassing you don't want to race up and say to someone i need to use your toilet and flash a card unless you really really have to um and i think the most important thing is um for staff is to not ask them 101 questions is to just show them the toilet and and just do it quickly and quietly um and then you know, at the end of the day, they can ask the questions afterwards if, if they feel like they want to do that. But the first thing is to get the person to the toilet. So, um, Richard, just uh, finally, in terms of you mentioned medications, uh, is there at the moment a movement to make um, effective medications available for those who have the most severe conditions? Yes, we. Our organization uh, sponsored a march. It was on uh, the 2nd of December of last year um, to present a petition to Parliament, which had 30,000 signatures, asking for funding of one of these medications. Um, Unfortunately, we're still waiting. Uh, We've put a lot of pressure on Pharmac. um, And admittedly, there are a lot of organizations that need medications. Uh, Pharmac, of course cost is underfunded and however you know this particular medication has been rated by the gastroenterology pharmacy and therapeutics committee of pharmac as having the highest priority um and it's been then it's been that way for at least a couple of years and we're just waiting and waiting um in the meantime we're having people going to surgery getting ostomies um and Honestly, it's 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 heartbreaking knowing that there's medications available in, for instance, in Australia, but unfortunately here in New Zealand we don't have access to them. Um, and it's almost ironic that you know funding is such an issue because when you take into account that people are suffering with these diseases, they're not working, they're having surgery parents of children that are having surgery have to take time off from work you know the 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 cost of the surgery the time off from work uh the way it affects people's lives um is probably a fraction of the actual cost of the medication themselves um anyway our our petition right now asking for funding of a drug called ustekinumab um, is sitting with the petitions committee in Parliament. Um, it's been sitting there since December. 
Um, I've written a number of letters to the petitions committee um, asking for a meeting with them so I could explain the situation um, and answer any questions. Um, Unfortunately, I haven't gotten a response from the petitions committee yet, but I'm hopeful. Um, I'll also uh, put a just a plug in for another organization that's working for the same for the same outcome. Um, um, there's there's a large organization called Patient Voice Aotearoa. That has a petition that's going to be presented to Parliament on the 12th of March, excuse me, on the 12th of May, um, um, asking for Parliament to double Farmax budget. And I think it's critical Farmax budget is increased so that they can fund these medications that people that are people that are struggling so hard without needed medications um, so that they don't have to literally beg the government. Uh, to provide these medications that will make them well. Look, uh, we do have to leave it there, but it's so interesting to hear where that's at and um, and, and all the best with that. Perhaps we can touch base a little bit further down the track when there, when there is some positive progress in that regard. In the meantime, uh, anyone who wants to find out about the work of the Crohn's and Colitis New Zealand Charitable Trust, I guess uh, visit the website crohnsandcolitis.org.nz and as uh, Belinda has said, uh, you can get in touch with her directly with the email address info at crohnsandcolitis.org.nz. Uh, Belinda Brown and uh, Dr. Richard Stein, thanks so much for taking some time to join us here on Otago Access Radio. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.